0: Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens.
1: I'm
2: Christina Roberts.
0: I'm Chris Roberts.
2: I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us.
0: Hello. It is great to be with you. Today, we want to talk about a spiritual practice that has impacted the three of us, and that is the practice of Lectio Divina. And this may be new to some, and others may have engaged in this practice before. But first off, we just want to say, what is Lexio Divina? And the literal meaning is divine reading. So what does this mean exactly, and how does it differ from just regular reading? So essentially, it's a meditative approach to a divine text. Going to listen to the text rather than study or memorization or dissecting the meaning of the original Hebrew language. So we see the text as a living word. And so how has this practice impacted our lives?
1: I have appreciated this practice because I actually really like scripture and reading in general. And I've had multiple times where I've been invited into deep Bible study and memorization and the things that you mentioned, Chris. And I've loved that. It's been wonderful, especially in my early formation. I did lots and lots of deep dives into the Bible. And so when I was first introduced to this practice, it was pretty refreshing. At some point, the stories can become quite familiar. And maybe you've heard several sermons on the topic, or you remember your own deep dive into it. And so I remember first being invited to use my imagination around the scripture. And it was actually a story with Jesus in the storm in the boat and being invited to think about what did it feel like and smell like and look like. And then the person guiding us was inviting us to take the point of view of different people from that particular passage and to think okay what did the disciples think at this point what was Jesus thinking at this point and maybe a specific disciple and just even switching the point of view brought fresh insights to the story and to the scripture for me so I think for me I really appreciate this practice mainly for the fresh aspect of it and the way in which it's just opened up the scripture to be like you're mentioning Chris it's living there's something fresh and new for me today that's applicable to my own life yeah
2: I feel like the imaginative aspect was one of the newer things that came up for me when Lectio Divina was introduced in the past, I think there had been this notion of reading something to one of the ones I can remember is analyze, observe, interpret, or something like this. but this was a little different, right to sit and sensory awareness has been more of a newly developed thing. so to sit in a scripture and say, Oh, what might you smell? Honestly, initially, I was like, beats me. But then to really sit with some of these passages where, okay, they're by water. What does that smell like when I'm by a lake or something like this? It's hot. What does it feel like when we're hot? What does someone's face look like when they encounter someone that is in pain or hurting? And to slow down that much is such a big deal. That now I have found myself I'm greedy for it. Like I want to slow down when I read passages now. So if I'm in a setting where we just read and we keep going, I have to stay back. I can't go forward with everybody because there's something in me that wants to find the nugget. What is here? Like you're saying, Chris, it's alive, it's active. So what's the
1: nugget today? And I wonder if it would be helpful to maybe just take a moment to talk about what are the aspects of Lexio Divina. Again, for those that this might be a newer practice. And if we're looking from Benedictine spirituality, there's four aspects. It's read, meditate, pray. And contemplate. And maybe we can just unpack that together. So the first one is reading the scripture, which obviously you're going to take in the scripture and read it. Often we're invited to read it out loud because not only are you maybe seeing the words, but hearing the words. And so it's engaging different parts of our learning capabilities with both auditory and visual. And then usually the passage is read more than one time. And in that second reading of the passage, we're invited to notice what shimmers to us in the reading. So as we think about the this first piece of read. I wonder if anything comes up for the two of you as it's been helpful for you with this aspect of Lexio Divina.
0: I love that you're bringing up the different learning styles. I think all of our brains, all of our senses are so wired differently. So I think for me, I love practicing Lexio Divina with a group of people. I happen to be in a class that meets on Wednesday night and we practice Lexio Divina and we practice it in a group. And so Sometimes it's very refreshing to have other people read the text and I can listen and take in. That's my main mode of of maybe taking in information is hearing rather than seeing something on a page. So I really appreciate you bringing that up.
2: It is interesting that you bring up group reading. I think when I'm alone, the struggle tends to be that I move quickly. I try to get through my life a lot faster by myself and when I'm with others, I tend to say, oh, this time was set aside. So I'm in no hurry. I'm fully here. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But in those contexts, things like you were talking about reading out loud, but I was recently in a dramatic reading where they acted it out. And even that brought a whole new dynamic. It caused me to think, ooh, I always thought of that as literal, but is it metaphor? Like, as I hear someone say it, in this dramatic reading, it's changing my thought process. But you don't do much dramatic reading all by yourself. That's really a group activity for the most part.
1: <laughs> but even to your point, when other people are reading, if you have two different readers for Alexio in a group, there's different, they're going to emphasize a different word or the tone of their voice is a different frequency. And so even that, I think, helps me to engage with the passage differently. I've also been in settings where Two different versions are read of the text and so maybe we're reading from one version and then another person reads a second time with a different version and you're catching different words as well so even the basic aspect of reading and how we're taking in the initial text seems pretty meaningful
0: yeah and i think next part of the practice is meditate not in a disengaged way but in an active and engaged way so imagining scenes with jesus sight sounds smells And various people in the story, maybe we can talk a little bit about how that's impacted us.
1: I think this is a little bit different than, again, going back to my earlier years, where maybe I would do a Bible study and maybe that there was a particular Mm -hmm. word and you're like, oh, I wonder what that original word meant in the Hebrew or the Greek or something like that, where I think this is inviting to actually imagine and to picture and to immerse oneself in the story, which is a very different feel for me. And to think, what was it like when I was hearing these words from Jesus the first time, or I was in the early church receiving this letter from the apostle Paul and reading it together with my church community, listening to these words on fresh ears, somehow putting yourself into that position and meditating on it that way for me has brought different, again, nuances that I think otherwise would miss.
2: Yeah. And I think the whole multiple readings from the first part. Once we get to this meditate aspect, like what's coming up for me, what shimmers, because of that slowing down, it'll often be the case that something comes up where I'll think, that's there? I don't remember that being there, that I've never thought about that before. Even recently, I was reading, it was a daily meditation, but in email format. And I thought, no way is that scripture, does it say that? And then I went back and indeed it did. And that's the thing about slowing down because we are so used to, we've heard so many teachings after a while that we just glom on to whatever we liked before.
1: So what an important thing that you're noting because sometimes there is like one word that changes the whole meaning of something. And it's, oh, I've read this a dozen times and I never caught that one word that was emphasized here today. So I appreciate you naming that, Christina.
0: And I think for me, the word meditate just invites me to imagine. And something that... I think our Western world struggles with when we go to Scripture. We want to know it in our head. We look at it from a very cerebral way. And I think this invites our imagination. And this invites us to to be heart-centered as well as head-centered. So it's both. It's not just head-centered, cerebral. But when you imagine connecting your emotions to the passage as well. And so that's what I really appreciate about the meditate portion of Lexio Divina.
1: Yeah, and just to build off that, the meditate then leads into prayer. And I really appreciate, for example, in the book of Psalms, we're often listening to the psalmist reflect on, I'm meditating on this particular aspect of God. And it's this day in day out meditation, or even in in the nighttime, my heart meditates on these precepts. And then it turns into a prayer, whether that's a, a sung prayer or a call and response, but there's something where that meditation of this text has gone deep into me. And my response is then communication back to God in prayer form. So I think that's important as well. It's not just we took some notes and we move on, but this is actually now becoming communication to God where maybe that word or phrase or that image, it's okay, God, I'm recognizing in this story. I never caught onto this word before. And that word is really speaking to me right now in this season of my life. And so what does it mean for me to engage you in this particular aspect? Again, turns into that prayer. That's the third piece of Lexio.
2: Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of we get filled up and then we pour out, right? And so because we've taken in, it's this natural pouring out or communication back. Or So sometimes I've used these questions, like, what is coming up? And then once you get to prayer, why is this coming up? I think if I'm remembering correctly, what about my life has caused this to be? So sometimes that informs the prayer, like, gosh, lord all this stuff that's been on my mind so sometimes that's a question that helps me move into this particular the pray portion not that i don't even know if i use these words all the time so formally
0: again i think that the prayer portion invites me to engage with scripture and pray it out but using my own words my own way of connecting to it And so for me, it just, the prayer part just leads to more connection to myself and more connection to the divine through the process. So the next portion is contemplate. We take the words to heart and with us as we go about our daily activities, we may bring to mind the words or images we engaged and notice those words coming back to us. So how has contemplating been a part of our practice?
1: I think this goes back to the communal times when I've gotten to experience Lexio Divina. I can listen to a sermon. I've even given sermons and I don't even remember what I preached. <laughs> a week, two weeks later. But when I practice Lexio Divina with others, our community did this at the lake this summer. I remember so-and-so story that they brought up and that aspect of the scripture that was alive to them. And I, I take that with me for weeks to come. And it sticks with my memory more because it's attached to a story. It's attached to a personal experience as we're experiencing it together in a group. So I think for me, my retention rate is much deeper in that contemplation that you're mentioning, Chris.
2: That's really beautiful. And it reminds me a little bit, I've brought this up before, but when I meet in these interspiritual groups, the ending aspect of it is the service to all, which has such a broad interpretation of what it means to be connected, both internally and externally, locally, globally, the whole bit. And so what you say there reminds me of this, oh yeah, we have this natural connection and it helps us to be in that space. So sometimes called it like just resting in presence, which is a, it's a strange phrase, right? It doesn't make any sense in a way. So what you're saying gives it a little bit more, gives it more teeth, but this business of getting to really sit in that sense of connection, which is what you're describing. I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And I think it's worth bringing up that a lot of us may be coming to this practice from different faith traditions, right? And I came from a faith tradition that maybe wasn't as open to this process and this experience as others. In fact, I remember reading in some of my books when I was going through seminary that this is actually a very dangerous practice. So not all faith traditions view this in a life-giving way, like it's something to be very cautious and I, it makes me think how you view the Bible. I think that's a, that's an important thing to bring up. Do you view the Bible as this thing to be studied and so you can follow the rules and so you can know all of it and you can just be in control of all of life? And if that's the case, this practice is probably very dangerous to you. But this is such an invitation to the mystery, right? And something that a favorite author of mine, Father Greg Boyle, says is if you have a puny God, then you're going to have a puny faith, right? If your God is small and boxed in, then you, you know that's going to be reflected in your practices and how you engage. But if your God is the creator of the universes and you can engage in the mystery of that, you're going to be more open to practices such as this. And I think this is shot through with the mystery of God, where it's living now, it's doing something now, even though it might've been written thousands of years ago, it it can still have this life-giving force that that is ushered into a present moment with an individual.
1: And I think it's important to note, this is one practice of many. And so again, there's multiple different ways that one can engage with sacred texts and Bible scripture whatever it is that you're reading. And so I think with that, there's times where maybe I'm practicing Lexio Divina and then there's something in that does catch me and I actually do want to go back and read it in a more discussion-oriented way with someone because there was something that really it's sticking with me in a way that I think there's something there for me to unpack and to crack open a little bit further. So again, just thinking about our physical exercise, there's cardio and strength training and stretching and then there's different aspects to engage. And I think this is one beautiful aspect that we've found helpful that hopefully we can open others up to as well. I also want to mention too I know we've talked today about the communal aspect of lexio divina and if you are part of the foundry newsletter we encourage you to sign up because there will be opportunities where we are practicing these sorts of things both in person and online but we also just wanted to make note that there's a few apps available as well so if this is a newer practice to you that you want to incorporate and you don't necessarily want to just sit down by yourself and do that sometimes it's nice to have an app leading you through that and so we will make mention of these in the show notes but There is explorefaith.org, Pray As You Go, and Lexio 365, that are a couple that come to mind that you may want to check out as well.
0: Thank you so much for such a rich and generative conversation. Now is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we are into. So what are we into today?
2: Well, I can't believe that I can be talking about gardening right now as we're going into winter, but I was just in a conversation and I learned more things. So it's like entering gardening in middle age, but it's all these things. So I just learned that I can mulch blueberries with pine cones, which is this perfect match because pine cones are acidic and blueberries need lots of acid. And then if you're planting tomatoes, you can till into the soil lime and Epsom salt. Who would have ever guessed? And I have no idea why that's true, but I do know why the pine cones go on the blueberries. So when the late spring comes, I will need to refer back to this podcast to remember these things.
1: But I'm very excited about my new learning. And I want to try some of these blueberries next season. I'm delighted with you, Christina. Your face is lighting up talking about mulch. I love it. I am into an appreciation of Swiss culture. So our family has been hosting a delightful Swiss international student who's here studying English for a month. And she's so great. And when she arrived, she gave us some different Swiss-centered Gifts and so the children had little Swiss stuffed animals she brought Swiss chocolate and we had a chocolate tasting contest as a family to decide what our favorite we had four different variations. And then she bought us a Swiss army knife with our last name carved on it. And I just, my gosh, the Swiss people are so organized, clean, lovely human beings. And I've had Swiss army knives before, but just what a wonderful invention that all the things, the toothpick, the corkscrew, the spoon, knife, fork, all the things that are in this lovely Swiss army knife. So I am really appreciating our Swiss friends.
0: Don't forget the tweezers. You definitely need the tweezers at times when you're, you're out in nature and you get a splinter. But yes, what a wonderful thing to be into. I am into delay, all things delay. And so I've recently pulled out some of my electric guitar pedals. I have the Strymon timeline, which I think everyone in in, in the delay world probably has a Strymon timeline. And I also have even tied time factor and just, just appreciating these developers use such different methods in giving us delay and like uh, just looking at the different pedals and how different brains work to organize delay. And so I have enjoyed both of these pedals that have given me maximum amount of tweakage in the delay world. So that is what I have been into. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It has been a wonderful time. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.